every one of you all that was able to join us today. And um, hopefully you're able to go out and do what the lesson, the lesson this evening is all about harvest. Are you a harvester? We're going to talk about what is the harvest a little bit, a little bit. And are you a harvester or reaper? What, what are you doing? What are you doing with the, with your life? Um, Father God, we just want to thank each and every one of us that's able to join us this evening to come in and study together, to come in and eat a good meal together, Father God, and then sit back and relax and, and kind of think on the word that we obtain. Father God, we, we thank you for those that have an ear to hear this day, Father God, and especially prayers for those, Father, that's in the sick bedroom, sick, uh, sick in their body, Father God, and not able, they're waiting for the for the healing. Your word, Father God, says we're already healed, and we're just waiting to for for the manifestation of it. Father God, we thank you for all you're doing in our lives. We thank you for the ones that you open our eyes, Father God. And I speak peace in every household, Father God. Peace in everyone that has a question. May them come, and we gather together, Father God, as your harvest is is coming up. Your harvest is now, Father God. We want to get an understanding exactly as to what your harvest is. Thank you for what you're going to do with this Bible study. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. All right, you all. Thank thank you again for joining us. And please, uh, if you have a question, you know, just go ahead and, and speak up. But we're going to try to get through the scriptures and. Then we'll do the, like I said, we'll do the open mic. We'll cut the uh, recording off and do the open mic so you all can kind of relax. But don't feel intimidated at any time, uh, even during the teaching, if you have a question. Uh, I, I uh, you know, last week we were, we were talking about Halloween. And during my study, I ran across uh, Harvest. And a lot of times, you know, I pick up on what's naturally being spoken about. And this is a season of harvest. We we touched it a little bit last week. Now, out here in Arizona, it's, it's a little bit different in season. Uh, you, you, really, you really can't see the season change. But I've been here so long now since 1967. Being that uh, I was raised in an area where there were season changes. And Miss Pat was raised in an area where we could see the seasons change. You could definitely tell the difference between fall, winter, and spring. You could see that. Here, and, and summer, don't forget the summer. Here in there, in at fall time is, is when things start to change. And you see the trees the trees, the leaves are beautiful colored, beige, uh, reds, and some small light green and oranges, browns. You see all of that. You know there's a season changing. I can look up my window by my bed right now, and I see this beautiful green trees with beautiful orange flowers on it. Beautiful green trees yeah. with orange flowers. That, that dude don't know nothing about no season. This is the right time because it's cool. And it stays that, that tree stays that way all year long. Even in the hot, hot uh, summer when it's over 100 degrees. And I, I don't know what kind of tree is it, but it's, uh, uh, there's one on the left of, behind me and there's one on the right side of my yard too. And when I was able to get out, I was able to pick up the uh, seeds. They look like little beans, and I would pick them up and save them. So when I get back out there, I'm going to start planting them, so planting some of them in a bucket or something so they can grow also. But uh, we're, we're going to study what the hot and the natural. Remember, in every lesson that we do, there's always a natural side, 
than uh, the spiritual side. So in the natural, we want to ask, you know, I want to ask the question, what does the Bible say about a harvester? A harvester is a person that does the harvest. Now, uh, Jesus said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. This is when Jesus was sending out the disciples. Remember, he said he sent them out two by two. He gave he gave them instructions. You know, don't even greet anybody on the road. That's something, you all. He said he was sending them out to the wolves, and that's what we're we're being an equipped. Uh, in this boot camp, I want to say Word of Wisdom boot camp that we've been doing the last few months, and this is still part of it because we're 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 living in a world uh, among all kinds of things, all kind of wolves, snakes, everything. We're living when we look at it on the natural side, and even as the spiritual side, we're we're in this world, uh, but we we live we we belong to the kingdom of God, but we actually live in in a, a natural world now natural world. Now, what is the meaning of harvest? Harvest is the time of year when crops are cut, collected from the fields, or the activity of cutting and collecting them, or the crops that are cut and collected, like the grain, potatoes, grapes, harvest. And I think about um, my sister then was doing some uh, sweet potatoes. I meant to send you all the picture. The sweet, I've never seen the sweet potato so ugly and so big in all my life. I told my sister, Ada, I want that one. She said, I ain't going back in no field and getting no sweet potato. I want it because I know how I wanted to preserve it. There's some stuff you can put on and preserve it, and I can use it as a teaching tool, but I'm going to use the picture as a teaching tool. Uh, we, we collect all kinds of things. All thing, kind of things grow. Uh, it's even now the time when you go ahead and, and shut down your fields. And one of the things that my sisters did, yeah, I talk about my sisters, you all, because I love them so much and they're, they're me. Uh, anyway, one of the things they did was the collars. They got the collars plant. I got another picture this today of how big the leaves are. This is how beautiful God allows us to grow things that we need. And so they do the collars, harvesting, they get do the harvesting, they get them, they cook them, they stack them up for the winter. Now, uh, going on into this, one, one word I want to throw throw in here. Um, in this world, we, we hear a lot of voices. And I'm seeing, I don't know how much you all get on TikTok or even uh, uh, Facebook, Internet, anything. you got everybody that's got a word. Everyone has a word now. And the, in the Bible, one of the uh, people they talked about was a shaman, S-H-A-M-A-N. That's a person who acts intermediately between the natural and the supernatural worlds, using magic to cure illness, uh, foretell the, the future, control spiritual forces, and stuff like that. I want us to be aware of those voices. When we have the Spirit of God living in us, He gives us one of the first things we get is uh, our discernment. We know the difference. It gives us the ability to know the difference between right and wrong. Naturally, we have that ability for those that's mature enough to know. We all, when we're, we're all born with a right or wrong spirit, we should know. But a lot of times, because uh, uh, who we are around or the environment, it becomes contaminated. So we have to have open ears so that when God is speaking to us, we know exactly what he says. Get Isaiah, um, 
you don't have to get it, but Isaiah, write it down, Isaiah 43 and 19. God keeps saying, and I'm hearing it over and over, it says, he says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it strings up. Do not do do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And God is saying that to us. Are your eyes open? I'm doing something new. And I ask that question. Are you are you all seeing and picking up what's happening to the world? Uh, what that that guy that's the that's the two something point billion dollar the richest man in the world. He he sent off a a, a spaceship from California. Earlier this week, Miss Peck saw it, saw it and, and took a picture and put that out. And then later on, the picture came out on the internet. Uh, Bezo, I think that's his name, the richest man in the world. So he, he, his, his, his spaceship company that he owns, they sent out a rocket. And we saw it all the way from California to Arizona. S- saw the smoke up in the air. So, in, and that's the natural thing. In the end, the spiritual thing, the word of God can go all over all over and it's all in how you interpret it and all in what you know what's going going on in it now jeremiah 23 and 7 says he says so behold the days are coming declares the lord when we will no longer say as surely as the lord's live who bought the israelite out of the land of israel you know it says the day is going to come they're not even going to remember that they're not even going to think about that that was no big deal but it was a big deal back in that time. And going on now, the Samaritans also regarded Mount Gerizim near uh, Nabus and uh, Skeshem and not the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Th- there was This is going to go into details as about the schism that was between, uh, between the Samaritans and the Jews. Uh, they said it was, they started this schism. They always had some fight going on. And the fight was going on bec- between uh, Samaritanism and Judaism to have been caused by Eli creating uh, an alternative shine at Shiloh in opposition to Mount Gerizim. That's when the whole thing started. And those people in that area did not want to travel all the way to Jerusalem to to uh, worship God. So the the prophet Eli created a different shine shrine. Now let's see. Let's let's go ahead on. I know one thing that they did. Let's see. Let's go to Matthew nine and thirty eight said. Ask the Lord, now this is what Jesus was saying. What we need to do is, he said, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. Uh, like I said, everything is ripe now. The world is ripe to tell people about Jesus while we can. There's a lot of us that don't want to hear it. But it's, this is a ripe, R-I-P-E time to go. we got all kinds of technology. You don't have to go along the street to tell anybody. All you got to do is be able to publicize it. And one way or the other, they're going to see it. There's all kinds of churches on the Internet. That most of the churches now, that's how they gather their people is on the Internet. And you just log into and see what's going on. And there are some that still have uh, in-house gathering. But in order to reach more people now, it's easier to do uh, uh, view it on the on the internet. Now it's, it says in thirty eight again, it says, "Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into His harvest field." Now, what 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 is it when you say the harvest? Now it says the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. 
Now, Jesus was telling disciples, uh, tells his disciples that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He uses a farming analogy to talk about how there are many people out there to be cared for and bought to God. There's many, you all, but few people are willing to go out there and do the work. The little thing I throw in, there's not many people that will go out into a field and dig down in the field and get no sweet potatoes, but my sisters did. They went out there and they worked. They got some stuff so they'd be able to have plentiful to share with other people. And the, the different holidays that come up, they can have a bountiful amount. More than what they need. And now they don't use all of it. They don't throw it away. They take it and they share it and give it to other people that don't have those means. Now, uh, uh, let's, let's go ahead on. Let's see. I'm going to skip some of this. Now, we're going to talk about uh, the parable of the weeds explained. You know, um, starting with verse 36. Then what said Jesus, then Jesus left the house, left the crowd, go to, let's see, Jesus left the crowd, y'all help my voice, his disciples said to him, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field, they didn't understand that. Because he said that the wheat and the tariff, all this stuff was going to grow up together. We're in this world, and we're not the only one in the world. We're not just all, it's not all the kingdom of God. We've got all kinds of stuff, all kinds of people around us. And it's their choice as to whether or not they want to become living the kingdom of God. But in this natural world, we're, we're not isolated. It's all kinds of, uh, what they said, wheat and tariff growing up together. God said, let them grow up together. And then when I do the uh, the, the sifting, I'll separate it. Now, he, uh, verse 37 said, he answered. Well, he, they asked him, you know, what does it mean? He answered, the one who sowed the good seeds is the son of man. 38 says, the field of the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil ones. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. Y'all listening? The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvester are angels. Right now in our season, we we are the harvesters. We are the harvesters. And the, the season, have summer has ended. Now it's time that all the hard work you did, all got all those plants grown, all the farming you did, now is to get get your reward, what you labor for, get get your products together. And this is what the time Jesus is saying, he told us every, anyway, he's doing a new thing. And when you look around, it looks like people are dying. Let's just say, what is uh, that brown man said? People are dying that ain't never died before. All right. That's a joke, you all. Anyway, uh, verse 40 said, And the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire. So it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. There's going to come a good time of weeding coming, you all. Verse 242 says, They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then 43 says, Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has an ear, let him hear. This is what the word is God. If you've got an ear, be able to hear what God is saying. That time is coming. And when you, when you have discernment, you look at the world today, seem like it's going to end tomorrow. 
but it's not going. I don't believe it's going to end tomorrow. At least God, God has not placed it on my heart. And if it's your heart, He told you, oh well, I'm not going to challenge you. But right now, there's too many things that need to be done. There's too many people that need to go out. He said He needs. We need to go out and gather more people. Tell more people about Him, about Jesus. Third twenty-five says. Um, now this here part when I ju- I'm jumping in and out here. Uh, remember, remember at the woman at the well. When Jesus uh, had gone first, you know he went. He would have gone around Samaria, but it was something he had to do there. But he went right in Samaria, and that's not normal activity to go through Samaria because, like I said, there was a schism between the Samaritans and the Jews. So his, his they were hung, he was kind of hungry, and so he went and sat at this well, and it's called Jacob's Well, W E L L. And so this these the Samaritans they they knew about Jacob and all everybody else, but they just had a fault. They had an art between the two uh, groups of people. They were the same people, but they were called Samaritans because of the area they lived in, but they were still Jews. And they just had an art between each other. And so when Jesus went and sat down the well, he asked the lady to bring him some water. And uh, she said, who, who, who are you? You know, go in there and read it. He said, who are you? I, he, she recognized right away that he was a Jew. She recognized who he was. And she would say, well, you, the Jews and Samaritans don't talk to each other. Why are you asking me for water? And eventually in there, he said that he can give you some water that... Uh, the kind of water that he can... I love the Jesus. Cool. Y'all read his words sometimes. He's cool the way he talks. He said, the, the water I can give you is, is, not, is not like the like the other kind of water, not like the normal water. Okay, now going on, now this is after he had left, had, had talked to the woman, and she went back to tell uh, the other people there. I, I like one part in there. He said, uh, uh, where's your husband? And she said, I don't, I don't have one. He said, right, you got five. Jesus knew it all. He knew all. He knows all. Even today, he knows what we're doing. But we think think that we can cover it up, and he can't see it. But he knows exactly what it is, and uh, and he <coughs> <coughs> forgive me, you excuse me. He said, even the one you got now isn't your husband. Remember, he said it right there in the word. He said, she said that. He said, you have five, and the one you got now ain't your husband. He said it right to her because he knew everything. Now in verse twenty, he said the woman. He, the woman identified the woman knew who he was. He said, the woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. He bottom line, he, he just told her who he was. And by, by then, after she ran off to the city, the uh, disciples re- uh, returned. And they were surprised to find him talking with the woman. She hadn't gone yet, but she was on her way out. They were all upset because uh, uh, surprised because he was talking to a Samaritan. But uh, no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking to her? And they, they didn't have that kind of nerves, asked Jesus. What do you want? Or why are you talking to her? Verse 28 says, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I've ever did. Come, this is the Messiah. They came out of town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciple urged him, Rabbi, eat something. They know he was hungry and tired. Eat something, eat something. He was smart, he said, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. 
get to that level we're supposed to do fasting and praying and when we want to go out and do the work that God has ordained or sent us to do sometimes you don't even feel like eating I, I get so sometimes you all I tell my sisters I eat one meal a day I'm sitting in this wheelchair I don't eat a whole bunch of stuff and get these hips spreading wouldn't be able to get get out of breath and all because I'm sitting down all the time. So I just eat one meal a day. It's a healthy meal. I don't eat junk anymore. Uh, going on to verse 33 said, Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? This is how crazy they are. They were all in the natural part. Uh, My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. That's what our job, when we get to a spiritual connection to know what God has called us to do. He have an assignment for each and every one of us. But when we want to go off and listen to these shamans, do whatever we want to do, or these therapists and do what they tell us to do, I understand that I've never been to a therapist. I went to one one time because it was court or court uh, order way back in, in 85. Court order. 80, no, yeah, it was 85. Court order that I go to a therapist because I was too mean. To, I was mean as snot. So the court ordered me to go to a therapist. Uh, and after I straightened her out, I didn't go no more. But anyway, 30, 35 says, don't you have a saying? Jesus said, you know, don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I'll tell you, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And I'm saying this again. You all look around. See all this stuff is going going on. Are you at a point where you can be a harvester? Can you go out and tell somebody about Jesus? Or are you hiding in your room, scared to go out of the house? You 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 want to do something for the Lord? You, we we got to do something. We can't keep these blinders on. And and the thing is, I don't want to get off the get all this and get off the horse. I do this offline. But uh, we talked yesterday with my sister that uh, runs a daycare, and one one of the things she explained some of the problems they were having at the daycares with the children. Our belief and my belief is the children only do what they see. Well, they got a home that's got, uh, I'll say home that's deactivated, a home that's confusion, always got drama. When the little bitty babies go to the school, they take all that drama and attitude with them. They're sassy, talk back, because at home, they see that. They, they get cursing and all of that at home, so I tell my sister, they just pick it up. We we grew up in a house of 14 children. I don't remember no all no cursing and stuff like that. That wasn't my mother and daddy's attitude. We we didn't get that. So therefore, when we went out, we know how to act like we had some sense. And dad used to say, "Act like you got some sense." You didn't come from a hog pen. You 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 came from a house with a roof on it, doors, and bed. You slept in beds. You ate. You went to school. You got an education. That's what we did. Uh, get off the horse, Vera. Thirty-seven says, "Thus the saying: One sows and another reaps." That's true. That's what Jesus said. There's a saying that said, one sows, another reaps, and that's true. 38 said, I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Now, many of the uh, Samaritans believe after the woman went and told uh, Jesus and told them about Jesus and they came back in the song. They said many of the Samaritans, that's verse 39, many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I'd ever did. 40 says, so when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. 
and he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more came, became believers. And that's what we need to do. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. Uh, 43 said, they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the savior of the world. We have to encourage people to read their words. And what said, tell us, let, let our little light shine. Be a light in the world. Don't be dark and nasty in attitude. Nobody wants Jesus from you. I don't want to go know Jesus from somebody that always got issues, always got bitterness and and attitude dripping off of them. That, that's you. You're not being obedient to what the Word of God tells us to do. Uh, get Second Corinthians five and seventeen. I'm gonna try my very much you all to not preach, but stay stay on track here. Because I get excited. I got so excited the other day. I'll tell you all that offline. I, but I'm saying a little bit now. I was so excited because of the fact I know who God is. I know my assignment. And I do not want to get off, get off my assignment. I appreciate the fact where I grew up. The environment that I grew up. And a lot of people didn't have that kind of upbringing. <coughs> Lots of folks didn't have it. But I appreciate the fact that I lived in a community that district, that uh, majority of the people in the community that where we live, they were church folks. We want to say church folks. And they had a standard. They had a standard. They they knew the, uh, what, segregation, the Jim Crow that went on behind all of that that we lived and we know we had to work in order to uh to survive we had to work or create our own to survive now uh second corinthians 5 and 17 says therefore if anyone is in christ the new creation has come the old has gone the new is here once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in our hearts, that old stuff is gone. We don't have to drag that old stuff with us anymore. It's gone. God just wipes it all away. It's just like if you're taking a racer on the board and race it all the way. You might see a little film, a little residue left, but it's all gone. That's what he said. It's all gone. John 4, 36 through 54. Let's get that. We're getting down to the reaper again. 4 and 36 says, Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. Uh, this, uh, now this is the sower. We know who sows and who reaps. Uh, there's also in a, uh, a similar scripture that said, One, one sows, one uh, waters, but God does the increase. Somebody might plant the seed. You might tell somebody about Jesus, how, how fantastic Jesus is, and get them to accept Jesus in their heart. And you walk away. There's always going to be some God will send somebody else in their life to, to do some watering. Tell them more. Tell them how to read. And that's what we're doing. This is a watering uh, session that we do. I, I give you all instructions as to where to go into Bible, in the Bible and find a lot of answers to your questions. Verse 37 says, for there, for, it says, I'm sorry, 37 says, for here the saying holds true. One sows and another reap. 38 said, I sent you to reap that for which you do not labor. Others have labored and you have entered their labor. 
Many Samaritans from the town believed in him because the woman testimony. He told them all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and that he did for two days. And then many more of them believed. They said to the woman that uh, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves. And we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. Now what she did, she went out and planted the seed. Then when it came to Jesus, he did the watering. And God increased it in their hearts. Now let's see. Uh, let's see. Now, after two, 43 says, after two days he departed from Galilee. Uh, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. You, you all know that story about when he went home, where he was from. They just said, oh, he's just the carpenter's son. So he really could not do in, any miracles in his own town because of the people attitude. So when he, uh, 45 says, so when he came to Galilee, the Galatians welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast. And for they had gone to the feast also. This is the wine thing. Remember, remember that one, you all? Now, going on, uh, said Jesus heals on an official's, an, an official's son, a, a, a prominent person in the community. He healed his son. 46 said, when he came to Canaan in Galilee, where he had made the water into wine, remember the, the party he went to? And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus has come from Judah to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at a point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. This is what Jesus said directly. He asked him to come down and heal. He said, uh, but, you know, Jesus said, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. A lot of us today look for miracles. They're looking for miracles. They, they cannot get it in their heart. A lot of folks do not believe that the Spirit of God can live in them, so they look for signs and wonders. They can't get it that all you've got to do is believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that you, he's, you get the power. You get the Holy Spirit in you, and the Holy Spirit comes along with power. To cast out deeds, to lay hands on people, believe when you truly believe who Jesus is. I have no other way, and I ask God to give me the way to say it where people can understand. Oh, it's nothing. You don't have to do nothing. You just have to believe who Jesus is. Once you have G who Jesus is, all that other stuff is, is minor, truly minor. Now, uh, this official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go. Your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went away. He believed what Jesus said. He, Jesus, Jesus didn't have to go there. He's there. He could be. All he had to do was speak the word. That's all he has to do. And 51 said, as he was going down, when the man was going home, his servants met him and told him, told that his son was recovering. 52, so he asked them the hour, what, hour, the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. 53 said, the father knew that that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his households. He went back and told them, the man, Jesus didn't have to come to the house. He spoke the word. He spoke the word. He said, your son will live. I've had God say to me, you will live and not die. 
I believe that. But the doctors, if, if I believe what the doctors are, well, you, you're going to have another stroke. You do No, no, that's a lie. My God said, I'm going to live and not die. I'm, I don't have to take your medicine and junk. I got common sense, but I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to be obedient and do what I'm supposed to do health-wise. Verse 54 said, there, there was now the second, that was the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judah to Galilee. Now, Jesus is not merely there for the Jews, you all, but for all the people of the earth who are willing to listen to his message. The Samaritan woman speaks of Christ's coming, and Jesus reveals, revealed to her, she knew Christ was going to come. He revealed to her, I'm the, I'm the one. I'm the Messiah. Now, the Samaritans also looked down on the Jews that was unclean. That's how they looked at them, as unclean. Uh, <coughs> that mountain they lived by, they called it a mountain of cursing. And Gerizim, the mountain of blessing. Let's say Ebla, E-B-L-A, uh, was called uh, the mountain of cursing. And Gerizim, G-E-R-I-Z-I-M, the mountain of blessing. Where would you say they placed the ark? What do you think the ark was? And during that time, what happened with the ark of the covenant? We're not going to go there. That's for you all to jot down. Oh, let me jot this down. I need to find out where the ark of the covenant was. Uh, now, the Samaritan scriptures say that Mount Gerizim, uh, that was at Mount Gerizim, but the Jew scriptures say that it was at Mount Ebal. The Samaritans blame the wicked priest Eli, who uh, say upsurfed the priesthood and the ark. He stole the priesthood and the ark. He also set up a, a counterfeit tabernacle at Shiloh. That's let me see. That's when all the schism started that we talked about. Also, some of the Samaritans has intermarried with the Syrians, and thus the Jews despise them as traitors and idolaters. The Jews of Judah looked down upon the Samaritans for their re for that reason among them. I, I, I've been I've been old. I don't want to touch it, but I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna move on. I've been young enough to see some of the uh, let's say interracial, and they say, well, that, that's not what Jesus means. But I'm just saying what Vera have seen when two different people, two different cultures blend together. There's always going to be one culture that's going to suffer. And I say that I know that because it has happened in my family already. The boy's dead because of the culture he joined. Don't like it? Oh, well. Now, verse the Samaritans also believe that the, the Pentateuch or the Bible is the uh, pure one for the written uh, for the written for the ancient Hebrews. Now, when the Jews returned from Babylon, Ezra has rewritten the, he the Hebrew scriptures from memory. He had to go from memory. They had no right, no book. The man had, he was a priest. Ezra, Ezra was a priest and a scribe. He had to write, rewrite all of this stuff uh, from his memory. Now, Jeremiah seems to agree with the Samaritans because he, he, he didn't like it because he, he now, this, the Jews didn't like the way he wrote it out. Now, he going to this, he said, how can you say that uh, you are wise and that you know my laws? Look, the word of Yah, Y-A-H, has been changed by a dishonest scribe. That's in Jeremiah 8 and 8. You might want to jot that down and go back and read it later. And they were saying that uh, Eli was, uh, was a dishonest person because when he wrote it, he wrote it in a different form of the language. Now, there was a great deal of animosity between the Judeans 
and the Samaritans. Listen, I want you all to listen to this. This is in our own families. This happens in our own church every day. It says, there's a great deal of animosity among the Judeans and the Samaritans. And often the Judeans would not travel through Samaria to get to Galilee. And that, that was the issue during the time of Jesus. He, he went anyway. He bowled the bowl. He wasn't going to go around no city. He went right straight, straight through the mess. And a lot of times when we have situations going on in our house, those of us that uh, is able or have the wisdom to uh, not tolerate it, we just go on and get to the point. We just go on and get to the point. And, and if it's in a schism or argument in uh, Kenneth and Ethel Bryant's family, I'm the one... I'll say I'm not just me, several of us, we will speak up. We're just not going to let it lie there and not solve it. It's, and I would suggest this to each, each of you all. If, if you let a, a dead body, a dead dog lay in your house, that's the natural part of it. If you let a dead dog lay inside your doors and until it rots, it's going to start smelling after a while. You need to get rid of it, clean it up, resolve it, get rid of it. That's the spiritual side. That's even the natural side of it. If there's a situation that's causing uh, a division in the family, be bold enough to speak up. Bold enough to speak up, get to the end of it. But if they don't want to resolve it, what you do, you shake your shake the dust off and you keep going. You do what God says do. Oh, let's see here. What else? Scripture. I, I think we're about ending you all. But the, but the bottom line is, we have to know who God is. He sent some of us. He said the time is right. We, we've been talking about Jesus all this time, but there's still a lot of people out there that don't know about Jesus. They're confused. But when your light is bright enough, and it depends, you, know, you might be a seed planter. You might be a waterer. But whatever you do, God is going to make the increase in that person's heart. But you give them, a, I talked a little bit about this to someone today. I was ministering to someone. Sometimes, uh, you know, I've had a garden out there. And with my garden, you get a bag of seeds from the, from the store. Get a bag of seeds and then you go plant this whole two or three rows of seeds. But through the years when I've, I've uh, planted seeds all the seeds didn't come up. I had good ground, good soil. All the seeds didn't come up. Some of us are bad seeds. We take this nasty attitude we have and try to tell somebody about Jesus. It don't work. It don't work when you got a nasty. Jesus is love. God is love. You have to show love. That don't mean you got to, uh, it's not the erotic love. It's the love of God. You got to show that to people in order to draw them. You cannot draw them with bitterness and hate. That's, that's not of God. you got to draw them with God's kind of love. Be nice to them with God. It's a lot. There are many people that just don't understand. They just don't get it. But if you have the love of God showing in your life, you can draw more. Uh, down through the years that been there, when I started in ministry, I was called to the confused, misused, and abused women. I can tell an abused woman that may be living in New York City or li living in Hawaii, I can tell them, tell if they're an abused woman just by talking to them. I can hear it in the voice. I hear it in the words they are saying. That's abuse. But, you know, some people are not ready to hear that. But when you have a hear to hear, an ear to hear what the Father is saying to you, he'll give you the right kind of love as to how I share it. 
how to share it with that person and be able to draw that person into them, into him. Uh, we're supposed to go out, y'all. It's harvest time. And I pray that each and every one of you understand what the lesson said. God is saying that the field is ripe. There are so many people that need to be drawn, that need to be collected and come to come to the Father, come to Jesus. And it's our job as harvesters, our, our sowers, our reaper, we have to do our job. We've got to get out. It's, it's fall now. It's harvest time. The weather is right. It's not too hot. If you don't know technology, learn technology. The federal government is giving free internet, free free uh, computers. This is a new thing. It's different now. It ain't like when I was a child. When I was a child, there weren't no computers around. Uh, when I went out to college, I was one in this team where... Um, they started some stuff online, but they had to mail you the information, and you had to go into uh, a computer. I forgot the name of the computers, but anyway, we went in these these computers and did our lessons, and they were able to transmit the lessons back to uh, back to the site. Uh, so, like I said, our job is to go out and, and do some harvesting. Maybe you're just a, a reaper. If you're a reaper, that means you need to go out and start to collect it. But what God does, he allows what the wheat and the tariff, everybody to grow up together. And when his time comes, it's no time to repent. He's just going to go in and wipe it all out. He'll be able to sift it out and know the difference between the the uh, wheat and know the difference between the tariff. The tariff is that wiry grass. In this day and time, the wiry grass. And like I said, uh the Samaritans were people that looked down on the Jews. We have been looked down in our culture. But they th- think we're black and stupid and dumb. And some of us go flow right on with it. Go right on right on with it. But I, I do know you all, whatever you go through, whatever is happening in your life, whatever the shaman is saying, know the word of God. Know what God is saying. Allow God to give you discernment to be able to know right or wrong. What what is the person is saying? If they're saying different than who Jesus is, you don't. I wouldn't listen to him. I wouldn't listen to him. You don't have to know the different. Be wise. You got to be wise. You 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 know uh, like what Jeremiah eight and eight. They were all upset because they, they said the old way you didn't do it. But if you didn't do it, the man didn't know the old way because of his memory. They were off, off in in, uh, in Babylon for over 70 years. And so he was the one that, he must have been younger when he went to Babylon. because of, And that means that he was younger, that he had just a little bit of knowledge. But he had enough, not have enough roots in him so that they, when he came out of uh, Babylon, he had something in it from his memory. And he was able, he was ripe. He was able to write it out and give and tell the people about it. A lot of us, you all, we know the difference between right and wrong, but we shut our mouths. But we need to be able to let our light shine and be able to tell someone about who Jesus is 